Hey, real quick, you've heard me talk about saving people money over at SaveWithConrad.com for years here on the show, more than four years now. But right now, today, there has never been a better time to refinance and keep more of your own money. I've been doing this for 19 years later this month, and these are the best interest rates I've ever been able to offer. We're also able to help families that we couldn't help just last year. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. But if you can hear my voice and you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if I can save you money. It's a matter of how much. We're routinely helping our listeners save six, seven, eight, even $100,000. And you can do it too. We make it fast and easy, especially if you've got credit card debt. And really think about that. Your credit card debt is probably what? 19% or more, and none of it's tax deductible. Why not pay it off at a fraction of the rate and get a greater tax deduction? We can show you how to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Richard in Virginia. He left us a five-star review and says, Jimmy kept me in the loop and explained the process and timing well. We handled most everything over text, which was a nice change. The whole process was about as easy as I've ever experienced when obtaining a loan. But you need to act now. These rates won't last forever, and when they're gone, they're gone. Find out how much money you can save right now for free with a quick quote at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh yeah, did I mention you skip your next two house payments? You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, so what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free right now before it's too late at SaveWithConrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate Stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience and the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers, that's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn, the founder of the Four Horsemen, Double A, the enforcer himself, the Hall of Famer, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Hanging in there, buddy. Everything's good. Everything's good. Very fortunate. Very lucky. Uh, everybody here is healthy, and I hope everybody out there is healthy as well. Well, we're excited to be catching up with you today. We're back for another hashtag Ask Arn Anything couple things I want to get out of the way right up front. Number one, 
what's going on with this Cody Open Challenge? It feels like we've got new opponents every single week, and I think next our next Dynamite we're going to see might be the biggest opponent yet, right, Brody Lee? Yeah, buddy, I'm uh, I'm concerned about this one. He's uh, I've been very high on him for many years. He's uh, he's a guy that just he's so good that you just take for granted he's going to be good and you kind of overlook him and man he's ready to rock and roll i could tell that i'm I'm worried about this one but cody said open challenge that's what he meant and it means open challenge well i'm excited to see it i'll never forget probably i don't know six or seven years ago you and i were sitting down watching wrestling together here in huntsville and you put him on my radar and said man this at the time luke harper is something else and to now see that match happen on dynamite, I'm looking forward to it. And I think this whole open challenge thing has really created a lot of fun matches. I really enjoyed the Scorpio sky match and the Eddie Kingston thing, man, that just blew me away. And I'm glad to see that he's on the squad now. So a lot of moving and shaking and even a new belt. You're in a big time segment every week on dynamite now. Well, yeah, the, the new championship is beautiful. Um, a lot of good things have came from the open challenge. Eddie Kingston, although being a big mouth and uh, verbally attacking me, which, hey, I get it. You know, you want to get yourself on the radar, go after some guys. And uh, that's what he did, end up getting him a job. And I'm, I'm happy that a guy that talented who was out there and really wasn't on anybody's radar prior to this had something good happen to him. And that's what AEW is all about is, is – you know, providing guys with a chance to show what they got who maybe have not been on TV before. So it's great for the viewer. It's great for the competitors. It's just all around winner. Well, let's talk about something that we, uh, we're not going to agree on because we agree. The open challenge has been fun, but I got to tell you, as we're set to record right now, it's just after lunchtime here in Alabama. And I just put away a cheeseburger and I've decided that me and you need to let the fans be involved in this because you're on team bacon. I'm on team cheese. And I think you've lost your ever loving mind. So we're going to put a poll up over at the orange show. And here's the vote. You don't just say, Oh, I like bacon better. No, no. You're going to vote for one. And the loser goes away forever. If you could only have one for the rest of your life on your burger, would it be bacon or would it be cheese? Arn, are you going to reconsider? You still firmly on the bacon side. Not only that, I'm going to double down and I'm saying cooked medium. I think I can get behind that. I like medium. Okay. Yeah. I'm sticking with the bacon. Okay. Well, I got the cheese and we want to know what you guys think over at the orange show. We'll get a poll pinned to the top, but the rest of this show, man, it's all about you guys. We, we made a post, I don't know, three or four days ago and arm, we got nearly 500 replies. There's no chance we'll get to all of these. We'll try to do as many as we can. Uh, and let's jump right into it. Uh, Andy Gresh wants to know, why did every 80s wrestling promo, whether by a manager or a wrestler, have the phrase, let me tell you something in it? It feels like all of them did. Well, that's a great observation. Uh, I would suggest uh, it just became habit. And one guy kind of like guys doing the same moves and the same holds. They saw someone successful go that route, and maybe even sub subconsciously, they just figured that was the way you should do it. I never chose to do an interview like anybody else. Uh, I just wanted to tell my story and and get 
what I was thinking about and planning on and pretty much up front and uh, go from there. But, hey, that's that's very interesting. It's think habit more than anything. Unapologetic Uncle Kuji wants to know, why do you think the WWE never really did shows in places like North and South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, etc.? There are tons of hungry wrestling fans up this way, and we rarely get any wrestling. Arn, is that just based on population, do you think? I mean, some bean counter somewhere says, hey, there's not enough folks here to support the show. Uh, partially, and, and a real reality is the difficulty in getting there. Mm. You know, the first day of a loop, say you work, you know, you book somewhere in South Dakota. It'll take you eight hours of flying with your layovers, depending on where you live. If you live on the East Coast, it'll take you sometimes seven or eight hours just to fly there. Then once you work the show, the very next show could be another seven or eight hour plane trip, depending on, because as we know, WWE is notorious for skipping around a lot. But I think it's more of a logistics thing, hard to get out there. It probably is based on uh, what the population is. Maybe it's the time of year. If it's springtime, when when the weather breaks after being in some of those terrible winters that they suffer through in that part of the country, people are ready to get outside. They necessarily don't want to go to an, an event that's indoors. Probably a number of reasons. <clears throat> TJ wants to know, what was your reaction to seeing Mick Foley being thrown off the Hell in a Cell cage? I probably took a gulp and a gasp like everybody else on earth. Never thought I would see something like that. And the margin for error is so small. God was watching over Mick that day. That's all I can tell you because a foot either way, that could have went way worse. I'm, I'm sure it was bad enough if you're living in mixed body, but man, it set a new bar and pretty much hit the ceiling as far as how far you could go. And uh, man, that's something if you saw it, you'll never forget it. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking and designate a sober driver or call a taxi. If you know someone who's been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but there's one thing for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message was brought to you today by NHTSA. Bob wants to know, did you ever lobby for someone to be a part of the horsemen that the powers that be rejected? Uh, no, not really. Um, there were so many things that went into once you got past Barry Wyndham and, and that group of horsemen, there were so much politics that fell in there on every incarnation after that. And there were decisions being made by different people. And 
very seldom did the actual guys that were already horsemen have a say in it. It was usually made by the office. Lots of folks have questions this week about uh, Kamala. Of course, we just recently lost him and uh, what a legend he was. Woodrow wants to know, did you ever hear or see anything about the Kamala Andre the Giant locker room altercation? Either way, do you have any other interesting Kamala stories? Well, I have one that concerns me, but I would definitely like to hear the one about Kamala and the Giant. I think if that- that's correct. I think the gist was allegedly, according to the rumor and innuendo, um, they had a bit of a scuffle in the ring and I think Kamala maybe accidentally was a little too stiff with Andre. Andre started choking him. Kamala got pissed, started to throw some receipts. Uh, eventually, uh, allegedly, uh, Andre said a word he probably shouldn't have said. And Kamala made sure the next time he wrestled him, his wife or girlfriend at the time had sewn a little pocket into his trunks and he had a little pistol ready for Andre if he tried to pull anything. And of course, nothing ever came of that. They had a, a man to man conversation and, and they were friends from, from then on out. That's magic how that works. But yeah, that's sort of the gist that most people heard about when they read the obituary and the wrestling observer last week. I probably didn't do it justice. If you haven't already go out of your way to read Dave's write up. I think it's, you know, I'm probably way out of school on this, but I think it's one of the 10 best things I've ever written or, or read rather that Dave's written. Uh, it's just a fascinating story. I'll send you a copy Arn. but let's hear your story about Kamala. So in all my years, 38 to be exact, I never heard a story about a guy bringing a gun to the ring. That's, that's about as heavy as it gets, I guess. And I don't know how. That story didn't make it out to everybody that's been in the business ever since, but somehow it evaded me because I never heard about it. Um, my story pales by comparison big time. Um, my first booking in Louisiana for Bill Watts was against Kamala. And uh, for about five minutes, I was shown that... Uh, it was his job to get over and me to get him over. And uh, it was the safest, easiest money I ever got getting slaughtered, but he slaughtered me. And uh, you never forget your first house show in the business, and that was against Kamala. So, you know, I'll never forget it. And uh, so sorry that he passed way too soon. It's uh, pretty remarkable the impression that he left on everybody. And I think Meltzer said that he had a reputation for not only was he intimidating to fans, but being one of the safest sort of night off type performers that one of the boys could have. Right. Yep. And all of his stuff still looked good. That big chop looked like it cut you in half and, uh, you know, his stuff looked good, but he was very safe. Never dropped anybody on their head bad. He just, he was just a great character and he had full control of that gimmick and he got that gimmick over everywhere he went. He drew money. Yes, he did. Let's talk about a question here from Joe. U. he wants to know if you can tell us about Peter Miller, the Mongolian mauler says, I know you spent some time with him in WCW back in 93, 94 paired up with Colonel Robert Parker. I don't recall that guy. What he said his name was. Uh, the Mongolian Mauler. 
I guess we'll have to uh, do some research on that because I don't recall don't recall that guy. Talk to I'm us. Sorry about that. What about Puerto Rico? Lewis wants to know: Did you ever get a chance to compete in Puerto Rico? It would have been uh, quite the opportunity in the '80s. It feels like. No, I never went to uh, Puerto Rico. Obviously, after the uh, the issues with Bruiser Brody. I never really cared to go there. Um, quite frankly, I had heard the stories about the fans throwing rocks and bottles and batteries and and all the issues of going down there prior to that happening. And I, and I was lucky enough to stay booked in some really, really good territories in the state. So I have never had actually anyone try to recruit me to go down there. I was really never available. Um, but I heard it was a beautiful place to work if you were working the territory living on the beach obviously brian drake wants to know what would it take to make finishers matter again it used to be a spine buster and that was game over not 15 kickouts and 15 more spine busters what can wrestlers do today to create a culture where finishers matter oh boy that's if he knew how many times i kicked that around in my head as well there's a lot, a lot of things that happen today that are not only very, very dangerous, but are so much better than what the finish ends up being. It's a dilemma that I guess uh, the industry has pretty much caused itself. Uh, you know, the more things you do in a match that are really high level, big, big issue uh, bumps, that look like they kill you, well, they just probably should. Because I'm afraid uh, this this group of talent in this era are really beating their bodies up, and I'm really afraid on a daily basis pretty much that uh, somebody's going to get really crippled or injured. But it is the evolution of the business. I don't know if we can ever pull it all the way back to where it was. So what we have to do is just... Uh, make sure we do everything we can do to prepare the talent for, for whatever they're engaging in and let them know, okay, there's some serious danger involved in this, but ultimately it's your call. And, uh, that's the nature of the business these days. FL4K wants to know if you and Ric Flair were both in your prime today, what other two wrestlers would you pick to round out a modern four horsemen? Hmm. Well, I'd have to probably take, uh, I have to take the revival. I think. Yeah. FTR all the way. That was what I was assuming everyone would guess. I mean, it feels like that's uh, sort of a modern day version of, of you and Tully. So yeah, that's where I would go. Well, and I'd have to take Cody hmm. simply because the guy is driven, um, by becoming the very best performer he can and against every challenge that there can be. And, uh, I haven't seen a guy in a long time that has concentrated on his promos, his work rate, his business sense, the way he treats the fans, the way he treats employees. He's just good for the business all the way around. And anybody that's talked to him will tell you that, um, and you're going to need that 
other fourth guy would think, and I would think right now, even though what we're facing coming up very soon, it'd be hard to look over Harper. Yeah. Totally Cody agree. Lee. That would be, uh, that'd be quite the group right there. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning. Gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. John Michael 78 wants to know, why don't you think we see Broadway matches anymore? Is there not enough endurance by the wrestlers? Is there not enough TV time? Are fans not patient enough? I mean, clearly it's not endurance. I mean, I think these are the best athletes maybe wrestling's ever seen. Uh, is it just, uh, you know, we live in a Twitter society and everybody has a really short attention span and we're all sort of bouncing around now. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. You know, some people will tell you six minutes is just right. And too long. Even I don't agree with that. I think you have to have a story that is built. If not months, possibly even years in an angle that would accommodate a 60 minute match. It also takes wrestlers that have a working knowledge of holds, how to work a body part, how to actually go out and wrestle because you cannot bump each other for 60 minutes. I don't think your bodies will hold out. I don't think the fans will stay tuned in to something like that. It takes a very special talent to go 60 minutes. And uh, you really have to have your ducks all in a row. I just don't think that uh, the attention span would accommodate it today. And the strength of the angle probably wouldn't accommodate it today. Scott Price wants to know, when you traveled abroad, which country did you enjoy visiting the most and which country did you enjoy visiting the least when you were on a wrestling tour? Hmm. Well, Canadians always supported the product big time. Great fans, UK, great fans. And I'm not putting these in order. Australia, great fans. Um, I know the Philippines was a very, very difficult trip to make travel wise with the connections that you had to make and the length of the flights and all that. It was extremely tough. Japan, great, uh, turnout on the fans 
as far as drawing good money and their interest and the respect level they had for, for wrestlers. Um, sometimes you could run into some issues, you know, in Mexico that, uh, you know, there were some danger issues when you would get something slid underneath your door that said, uh, probably be a good idea to stay in the hotel. Certainly after dark, don't leave unless you don't want to risk the possibility of getting kidnapped, which I thought was pretty, pretty stout. Um, that's the ones that come to mind. Here's a, a fun question we've never talked about. Big Club Burner account wants to know, does Arn have any memories of working with Paul Heyman in WCW? What would be some of your most favorite stories about Paul in that era? Paul was gung-ho from the very beginning, and you knew he had done his homework. There's some guys in the business that study everything that is available, whether it be uh, reading the dirt sheets, watching the network, buying old tapes, trading old tapes, watching everything that's that somebody sitting at home who's a super fan and has taped every television match on earth. There are some guys that collect all of that information so that when you ask them something, they don't go on memory. They have it logged. Cornette was one of those guys that just had a super memory, but Paul Heyman was a guy that did his homework and I could tell he did his homework because when he was managing us, he was pretty young in the business but he was polished and his promos were excellent and his working knowledge of things that have happened before were excellent. You could just tell the guy had a bright future. And, uh, to this day, you know, he still is on top of his history and, and can cut a promo that matters and will make you listen and do all those things that keep you plugged into the, to the show. And, uh, my experience was him as he was gun ho and we had a hell of a group there. Probably didn't realize how good the group was if you really think about it. But you go back and look at some of the names, including him, that might've been one group that might could have got pushed and should have got pushed a little further. No doubt about it to me. I mean, we get questions about the dangerous Alliance all the time. Something else we get questioned about a lot and you and I have never talked about it. Uh, Zach Easterly wants to know. What did you think when uh, the McMahons took on Shawn Michaels and God at Backlash 2006? Well, some things, even though you know that it's wrestling and you just go, it's just wrestling, sometimes you go too far. And for what you think is going to be entertaining just comes across as just going too far. And, uh, that was one of those deals that, that didn't really make me feel good about the business. It just felt really, really low road. And, uh, when you pick and choose when you do the low road stuff and when it's at the top and it's their idea, it's just entertainment. But if somebody else would have came up with that and the mood wasn't right, boy, you would have really got, 
crucified over it, and I'm not being facetious or no pun intended. It was just, it was all those things that just went a little too far. Rajiv wants to know who had a better mustache back in 86, Rick Rude or Tony Schiavone? Oh, Rude for sure. Tony Giovanni had a head on him like a bastard rat. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, and I love it. Uh, Kev- I'm not sure. I'm not even sure it means anything. <laughs> but it certainly fits. It does totally. Uh, Kevin wants to know who had the worst farts in wrestling. Thinking it had to be Big Show or Vader. No, the giant. From the noise. The flapping of the buttocks and just engulfing the room. I'm talking about by the time he got done with his butt cheeks flapping, and I wish I could make that noise, the, you were already, by the time, if you took off running for the door, if the noise stopped, you were engulfed in the funk, and he had no rival. To be clear, you're not saying the giant in WCW. You're saying Andre the Giant, right? Andre the Giant. Yeah. Um, Chris Dunn wants to know, how quickly do you think a guy like Kenny Omega would have lost his mind in WWE with the backstage politics that exists there? Well, you know, I don't know Kenny well enough and what his politics are, um, even though I've been there a while now. Uh he kind of takes care of his own stuff and I've had just casual conversations with him, but I've never had a conversation where we sat down and, and talked about direction and politics and, and what does he think is wrong or right about the company or the business at large? We haven't had those conversations. Um, I can see a strong influence of the Japanese style in his, in his performance. And, uh, I've started watching more of the Japanese style so that I can kind of understand what's out there that I missed being in a bubble for 20 years Um, and just see what different influences some of these young guys have. And I see a strong Japanese influence in his, his work and thought process. Summer is in full action and we're thankful for our sponsor today, Manscaped, for keeping us fresh sun's out bums out and hopefully your pubes are not out manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt and unfortunately we all know somebody who's uh well become dr flair and zipped the wrong type of area and boom you were uh you had a crimson mask of your own your bathroom floor all over your towel or your tile don't do that don't get color the hard way brother Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 or the perfect package. By the way, Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and even a medium grit nail file. You're probably wearing flip-flops, and people don't need to see those nasty unclipped toes of yours. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, or more importantly, balls. That's why they forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. 
The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 water-resistant cordless potty trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave or a full ball cleanup. The third generation trimmer features the same great skin safe technology to reduce your manscaping accidents. Inside that perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is the favorite at the Silva household. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver. That's a testy toner designed to give you a little pep in your step. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Oxer Briefs, which Mr. Dawkins say keep his attorney nuts feeling fresh and smooth. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ARN at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ARN, that's ARN, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And be sure to use promo code ARN. Summer is here. It's time to manscape. Mayhem wants to know, who do you think spends more hours of the day pissed off? Tully Blanchard or Taz? Oh, Taz, for sure. Yeah. Tully finally had a moment of... On uh, where he uh, showed the true Tully Blanchard, which will be coming to light, and I think everybody will be thrilled to see. Uh, but other than that, he's been away from the business so long, and he is cool and calm and doing his thing with his ministry. And uh, now the Tully of old, who knows? But I got a feeling Taz is still grumbling on a daily basis. Taz is the only guy I know who would wake up and be mad at breakfast. Like, I don't know who has the energy to be mad at bacon for breakfast, but Taz would find a way. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just hope I'm not one of those guys that happens to walk by him after he just woke up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always one of those. You got to just, uh, take the temperature of the room before you start joking around and just see what's so how are we feeling today. You've always heard people say, Whenever they want to pitch Vince something, they got to make sure it's the right time and the right place and he's in the right mood. I feel like that same thing applies to Taz. You got to make sure he's in the right mood. Sounds right. I would just, probably the safest way would be just assume he's not yep. and just tip, tiptoe around. And then if it turns out he's in a good mood, you're good. And if not, you, uh, Tuck your chin. you took all the, took all the precautions. And just in case, tuck your chin, just in case, hypothetically. That's always a good, that's always <laughs> good, good advice. Charlie Thriller wants to know, Mr. Anderson, do you do cheese on your cheesesteak? If so, do you do whiz American or provolone with or without onions? So we got a legit Philly guy here. I mean, surely you're putting cheese on a cheesesteak, right? Come on. If, if I have in the past, it would have been Swiss. Swiss boy, you're just all yes. over the place. Once again, my gripe about cheese. Now I eat cheese on stuff on dishes, but I don't want the cheese to overwhelm the meat. That is my argument here. And this applies on the Swiss. Swiss is a lot easier blend on the meat 
then if you're going to get some kind of spicy cheese or Panama Jack or any of that stuff, would you at least give me that? Yes, I will. I can't argue that. Uh, Instagram, a wrestling historian writes before the war games match started in Greensboro, you and Tully came down the aisle wearing these sweet looking white horseman jackets who made those for you. And do you still have yours? Those came from Crockett promotions. Believe it or not, they made us like, there was like four, there was a red, there was a black, there was a white, and then there was a blue and that was it. And they didn't make them, which was a, huge mistake on their part they should have marketed them they should have been for sale to the fans but they made four piece for us and that was it and uh they weren't that durable there was a a couple of them that got gone that i don't know about there's a couple that i have kept and uh those are reserved for my boys at least for now and, uh, but uh, the white one, I don't know what happened to it, uh, missing that one. And, uh, uh, do you have one? I do. Yes, sir. Which, which color? Uh, mine's black. Black. Okay. That's the, one of the sweet ones. So the blue one's missing. I think I still have a red one, maybe another black one. That's possible. I might've got a second one, but, uh, that's it. Uh, a lot of questions here about fortune and TNA. Did you ever see the fortune stuff in TNA where it looked like they were trying to create almost like a horseman esque stable for flair to be the mouthpiece for? Did you catch any of that stuff? Who were the other guys besides flair and, uh, AJ, your boy, James storm was in it and Kazarian friend of the show was in it. And, uh, Bobby rude was in it. So it's a lot of guys that you like, uh, but flair was the mouthpiece for, and they started you know, wearing suits to the ring and things like that. So it started to feel, and the name was fortune. So they threw up the four because they would spell fortune like F like the word four. So it just feels like they were trying to sort of do like a TNA version of fortune. I agree with you hundred percent. And I'm sure, you know, those were all performers, those guys that you named great performers. And that was, as we've said many times before, that was our theory that was the way we operated was we wanted to just go out and no matter which member of the group it was from a performance standard, we set the night, we set the, you know, the pace for the evening and, uh, just had the best matches on the car. That was our deal. So I think they would have been trying to recapture that horseman thing. There was a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, the group, you know, with WWE evolution, Course. That was just, that was a horseman yep. knockoff. And, uh, it was all the same theory. Have class, uh, act like you have, uh, a loyalty to the other three guys, whether you do or not. And, uh, dress well, speak well, perform well. It was all things that go back to the horseman deal. It'll always be situations where you try to recapture that magic. I don't think there can ever be another quote for horsemen, but there can be a group of guys that have the same theory and operating uh, uh, strategy for God knows how many years. Let's, uh, 
let's do another question here. And this is one that, you know, is, is way deep in the woods that me and you've never really broken down. Matt wants to know, is there a particular hold that you'd like to see brought back? And is there a certain wrestler who is right for that particular hold? You think of an old school hold that maybe nobody's using prominently these days? About sleeper. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. Um, a sleeper is just a souped up rear deck of choke. Uh, yep. Which is a legitimate finish to an MMA match. If you can sink it in, that's a tap out or a choke out. And for years, because it is a legitimate, the sleeper, if you put the squeeze on it, it will put a guy out. It is a legitimate, uh, it's the same hold as a rear naked choke, except you just start on your feet and work your way down until a guy's out and unconscious. That used to be a great finish. It was a credible finish. You could build drama as to a guy working his way in position to get that on you. There were defenses to it. There were counters to it. It just made for for some drama within the match. And uh, anybody that didn't believe that it was a real hold, just have it applied to you one time. And then when you're revived, ask somebody why you pooped in your pants. <laughs> All right, check it out. If you're like me, you're excited that our man, Arn Anderson, is back on AEW every single week. I'm absolutely loving Cody's open challenge and all that we've seen. But I've got an open challenge for you right now. Get your ass down to Walmart and grab the brand new series of all elite figures. Of course, we're talking about Unrivaled Series 1. They've got six styles per wave. They've even got a chase figure and a rare figure. These are going to be collectible. Uh, I have to admit, I haven't bought new action figures in a long time. But when I saw these were coming out and they added the extra collectability, it was like a numbering system on every figure and every wave. I thought, okay, now this might be kind of fun, especially when I saw there's a chase and a rare version and their ring, by the way, if you haven't seen this, check it out. It's unbelievable. Now the one I prefer, the one I've got for my personal collection is the unrivaled authentic scale ring. Uh, and that's going to be unbelievable when you think about it. It's got AEW Dynamite on TNT on the ring skirt. It's got a ring mat. It's got high gloss posts. It's got ring steps. It's even got super smash turnbuckles and flexible ring ropes. But my favorite maybe are the die cast buckle connectors. Like they thought of everything on this. Now they've also got a really fun playable ring that they're calling the unrivaled action ring. But if you know anything about me from listening to my podcast, you know, I'm a belt mark. And I absolutely love the AEW world title. And now you can bring it home for just under 20 bucks. Can't believe that's thing. It's the AEW unrivaled world championship title belt. What's cool about this is you can throw it on a shelf and it looks cool to display, or you can let your kids play with it. Uh, but what we're really talking about are the new action figures, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, La Champion, Matt and Nick Jackson, the young bucks. And they're all wearing their official gear that they wore at the very first AEW show, Double or Nothing, live from Las Vegas last year. It's such a cool thing that this is available at Walmart. That's right, Walmart. Get your tail down to Walmart and grab this. Uh, whether you're a, a usual figure collector or not, you're going to want to see these because this is not just something for kids anymore. 
These things have like 25 points of articulation. The detail is just incredible. And I'm seeing all over the place that Walmarts are selling out. They're flying off the shelves. They can't keep them in stock. There's more demand than they have product right now. So I want to tell you, if you check your local Walmart and you can't find it, cruise on over to ringsidecollectibles.com and you'll be able to pick up a set right there. So check your Walmart first. It's going to be closest to your house and the fastest way to get it in your house. Uh, but if you don't find everything you're looking for there, go to ringsidecollectibles.com. Uh, we're so excited to uh, have their partnership here, and I'm looking forward to getting Arn checking out some of these figures. He can't even find them in his local Walmart yet. He says every time he goes, they're sold out. Uh, but you've got you to gotta check this out, man. Walmart's got it. Keep checking back at your local Walmart. Uh, they're restocking all the time. And if you don't find everything you're looking for, then please, by all means, Go check out ringsidecollectibles.com and be sure to grab this, this whole set of AEW Unrivaled Series 1. And stay tuned at the end of the show. We're going to have a little listener question for you. And uh, we've got a little prize pack coming for one lucky listener. Stay tuned. And thanks for supporting AEW Unrivaled from Jazzwares. You can pick them up at Walmart right now or at ringsidecollectibles.com. Uh, here's another question you and I never discussed. Did you ever have an offer or any serious interest in going to TNA? I did not. I was secure in where I was and what my job was and not being able to wrestle anymore. Um, there was no one that contacted me that, that quote, tried to steal me or get me to move over. Uh, I think they you know, realized I was pretty secure in where I was, but I did watch them from time to time because it just made sense. They were uh, the new kid on the block, and I wanted to see what they were doing well and what they were not doing so well so we could take their mistakes or their victories and steal them or be sure we didn't do what they were doing if it wasn't something good. Dan has a good question. He says, when Rick left for the WWF back in 92, it's actually 91, Hogan talked in Flair's 30 for 30 about the impact of quote-unquote trickle-down economics and how it hurt WCW. Was it that bad? And how much of a boost was it when you got him back? It is an interesting thing that we've never really talked about. Did you notice a sizable difference in the company's momentum or house show attendance or gates or anything like that when flair went north well i think i'm pretty sure you can't replace a rick flair i'm not sure what the house show numbers were but you know the main thing is when it was clear that he was gone and he was went to the competitor to this day the one thing, whether he's in the building or not in the building or works for the company or doesn't work for the company, you still have countless people an hour before showtime wooing. And when he has went to the other company, but everybody in your audience is doing the woo too, it pretty much tells you that you probably should have kept that guy underneath your banner and not the competition. Now, direct numbers, I couldn't tell you what the quarter-hour numbers, I'm sure, with Flair versus not Flair were probably told you most of the story. Uh, but, yeah, it was it had to hurt the company, I'm sure. 
Talk to me a little bit about uh, clumsiness. Uh, Big Extra wants to know, hey, Arn, who is the clumsiest wrestler you have ever wrestled? Has anyone ever hurt you because they were careless or clumsy? As a fan, Lex Luger comes to mind as someone who may be called clumsy, but I was never in there. What say you? No, it's going to have to be George Elegante. Yeah. He, uh, he was very clumsy and he was extremely large and extremely stiff. And I've told the story before and we can tell it again here. Please do. We're on it. We were in a six-man, and it was Rick, myself, and I think Barry Windham, and it was Pillman and Eligante, and I can't quite remember who the third babyface was, but we were somewhere like Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore, and uh, Rick got in with Eligante and was doing his thing, and I guess... He ducked under and went behind and chopped him hard in the back, which we didn't know at the time, I guess, hurt him. Uh, Flair then used the brilliance of coming over and tagging me and me stepping through the ropes with a pissed-off eight-footer. So what he proceeded to do is I'm sitting there figuring out what I'm going to do is he just turned around and just clotheslined my head off. Hit me about chin level, and man, did he light me up. So once I came to, and once the the match had finished, I was pissed. I come in the locker room, I go, Eligante, what the hell was that all about, for God's sakes? What? That freaking clothesline. Rick hurt me. Well, clothesline Rick, you stupid son of a bitch, not me. And that's kind of how that went down. That was the, uh, you know, you don't clothesline anybody in the chin. That's clumsy. That's that's real clumsy and reckless. And that's probably the worst I got hurt by a guy just being eat up with the dumbass. <laughs> Eat up with the dumbass. Let's talk about grilling. Mike wants to know, uh, are you a gas grill, gas grill guy like JR? Do you use charcoal like Conrad? Do you prefer smoking like Eric? Nobody knows what Tony is. What is Arn? Gas, charcoal, smoke. What's he into? Well, I know what your, what your argument's going to be. Charcoal, obviously for the flavor and those things. I do do. Uh, gas just because it's cleaner and neater and burns faster and it's easier in and out. And as you know, we don't have a lot of time. So anytime we can cut down and less clean up, that's what I'm for. So I do the gas grill. Weber would be my uh, brand. Big extra says I'm a big fan of Adam page. I think the sky's the limit for him. He reminds me a lot of Barry Windham from the Crockett days. What are your thoughts on the hangman? And does he remind you at all of Barry as well? You know what? Come to think of it, he does. And I've, I think he's very, very talented too. And I think here's one of the really smart things that's occurring is he is getting over and he's being pushed, not like a rocket straight up, but a little bit of on an angle so that he 
goes up one week and then he may go up a little bit other the next week and then he may flatline across and stay where he's at position wise but he's not being shoved too hard where you spit him out and he's not dragging he's not dragging his feet he's one of those guys that every time he's on tv you're glad to see him because you know he has talent and he really does have talent and he mixes just enough of old school and just good solid wrestling with some of the flips over the top and some of the flash and some of that stuff. There's a, there's a nice blend with him. He doesn't lean too far old school or he doesn't lean too far new school. And I think that guy's got a very bright future. No doubt about it. Uh, this is a pretty controversial question here. Let's see how you feel about it. Pender J says, what is your opinion of the leg slap? Every time a punch or kick is done, and why doesn't the younger talent listen when more experienced people in the business tell them to stop? Uh, Arn, uh, Pender J is asking this because I think Jim Ross has made it his personal mission to eradicate the leg slap. And I heard Fit Finley joke once that this generation of wrestlers will have cauliflower thighs. Where do you land on the leg slap? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not necessary. It is absolutely not necessary. And, um, if you make solid contact, you're going to have your noise. And uh, just to try to concentrate on creating noise instead of contact, it's a mistake. You know, one good solid kick, no matter where it is, if it's flush, you get it. It landed. And uh, the smacking on the leg is just one of those things that it gets very easy to spot. I would, I would suggest if they could do it like Bobby Eaton who smacked his shoulder when he threw a punch, but you can go back and pull any piece of videotape you want. You'll never see it. You will never ever bust him on him doing that. But on a punch, he would, he would crack himself in the shoulder, but you never noticed that's being able to pull off some of the uh, magic of our industry and the magic that keeps you wondering, okay, did he crack him or did he not crack him? Do they like each other? Do they not? Is making it done well and not being able to see through it. That's the difference. Saving money at SaveWithConrad.com is fast and easy. Just ask Jordan in Murfreesboro. He says, Jimmy made the entire process easy. No appraisal was needed, and we got a great rate on our refinance. What about Glenn up in Sperry, Oklahoma? He says, I wound up knocking four years off my loan and even saved a few dollars on my monthly payment. Easy to work with. Jimmy is the man. How much are you overpaying right now? Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. So wait, lower your monthly payments and pay your house off faster. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At SaveWithConrad.com. Um, this is a this is an interesting question. Ken wants to know who sold the spine buster the best. And Lord, you delivered a lot over the years. Can you narrow it down to your favorite sale of a spine buster? Probably not. Um, the second, uh, name someone, I will see a compilation that someone has posted on our website 
or somewhere where it's four or five guys taking a spine buster. And it was just, I want to say a couple of weeks back, there was a kid that was just there to, to do TV was there to get me over. It took a spine buster and man, did he sell it as good as anybody I've ever seen. Uh, when he landed, he just kind of arched up and rolled to the side and he just made it look painful. So there are a lot of guys that have been kind enough to get that thing over for me over the years. He was one of them. I can't remember his name or if his name was even listed, but, but he did a great job. Um, no one stands out over the other. Everyone was very generous and, and making that thing look good. Most everybody. Antonio Santos wants to know, how do you think Ray's son Dominic will do in his in-ring debut at SummerSlam this weekend against Seth Rollins? I think Seth Rollins is good enough that he can have a match with a guy. It doesn't matter how green he is or how new he is or any of those things. Seth Rollins is a technician. He is a professional. He will figure out a way to make whatever he does credible and i hope dominic you know goes out and just without getting nervous and which he's going to be but it's a big venue um as far as SummerSlam itself doesn't matter the people that are there it's it's just a big show and uh, there's going to be pressure but i just hope that he relaxes enough and lets seth just sail the ship and uh, i hope it turns out well for him uh, here's an interesting question about Magnum TA. This one comes to us from Michael Eldridge, who always brings pretty good questions to the show. Does Arn think Magnum TA would have been the NWA's version of Hulk Hogan had he not been injured, or would he have just been a short-term champion until Rick got the title back? I think the sky's the limit with Magnum because he hadn't been working that long when he got hurt. Uh, he was still getting better. He was still improving. He was still learning the business and uh, he had a very unique look. Uh, his work rate was coming along, you know, handsome guy. He did a promo. Now you're talking about credible promos. When he would do a promo, you believed him. He was one of those baby faces that he wasn't going to tell you anything was going to happen unless it was going to happen. He wouldn't guarantee something and then fall short. And he had that fire in his eyes that baby faces have to have if they're going to be top draws. You have to believe what they say is going down is going down. Um, he would have been a better performer than Hogan um, as to someone to compare him to i'm not i'm not really sure i would compare him oh gosh i don't even know i don't even know the right one to compare him to but uh he had a bright future ahead of him man he was just getting started and god knows i know jim crockett and and the world lost a superstar that day that's for sure Here's a more modern question for you. What are your thoughts on raw underground? Have you had a chance to see that? I saw about 
a minute of it to figure out what it was and immediately cut the channel off. Not a fan. Not a fan. What, what don't you like about it? I, I just think it's grasping at thrall at straws. It's, uh, you know, we have, we are a wrestling product. Anytime we vary from being a wrestling product, it is always less than, and to have guys just falling out there and having, you know, would be knockouts or would be choke outs in a minute or whatever it would be and just move to the next one. It just feels like throwing stuff up against the wall to see if it'll stick. And it just, it's not what we do, you know, and and anytime you try to get a wave and go another direction, um, I think you're making a mistake. Sydney Davis wants to know on the January 15th, 96 episode of nitro, the dungeon of doom and the horseman face off in an interview with mean gene in the ring. After Pillman speaks out of turn, you slap him with perhaps the hardest slap I've ever seen. Was that a Marty Lundy style slap? You bet it was. And it was, uh, the only thing that Pillman at that time would have understood we didn't know what Pillman was was doing one way or the other half the time. And now if we didn't know, you know, which direction he was heading and where was he working or was he shooting, we didn't know. Nobody knew. And that, you know, he was off the deep end. And to interrupt a promo that would, had a message that had to be put out there, period, to interrupt that, it might have been a little stiffer than it should have been, but... Uh, got his attention and that was the intention yes that was a marty lundy slap missy mcdonald wants to know do you think there will ever be a referee section of the hall of fame if not why not i feel like they're a vital part of telling a good story and we don't ever see them get their just due being put in the hall agreed why you would put entertainers that have been on raw one time for maybe eight, 10 minutes and put them in the hall of fame ahead of some of our officials, you know, they were great referees or furthermore to put them in the hall of fame ahead of some of the talent that's not in theirs is ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, an official is the third guy in the ring. If it's a single match and, if he's doing his job, he's basically invisible until the point comes that he needs to insert himself and he steps in and makes a difference and he lends some credibility, you know, to the match. He reminds people there are some rules. Otherwise, what would just, what would stop on any given match, the bell ringing and just a guy sliding out, getting a chair and sliding back in and, there's no rules end it right there beat a guy half to death with a chair officials have to have a presence and they have to have some authority and if they don't it's just pitch up and smear and you can't have that let's uh let's switch gears and do a, a sort of a weird question here i don't think i've ever seen a phrase like this 
Mike wants to know, does Arn think Vince McMahon gets personal enjoyment going against or screwing over wrestling fans who consume his product? Next question. All righty. Uh, here's, here's one from, uh, Mike, another Mike. We got lots of Mike's double a. Do you have any George South stories to share? George was a guy that when you went to Atlanta TV or our television uh, for Jim Crockett Promotions, if you saw George South's name again on the other side of yours as an opponent, you were absolutely thrilled because George was a polished performer. He was a businessman. He was a professional, very skilled. and he was like having a veteran in there. The guy knew his job, did his job well, and uh, you could really go out and have a good, solid match with George. And the guys that didn't just missed the boat because he would enhance any match that we, he was in. And to this day, it's probably the exact same thing. A couple more questions here, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, Eldridge wants to know, were there any territories that Arn wished he could have wrestled in and ones he was glad he didn't? For example, the AWA or Memphis? Um, the only one I missed, I think a, a couple I missed, would have probably been um, the Florida Territory just because the guys had so much fun. I mean, if you're living in Tampa and staying on the beach and driving back and forth to just the Florida towns. My God, how great is that? Uh, also, you know, if you go out um, to the Oregon Territory, everyone compared it to the Pensacola Territory, which I did get 14 months in, and I had the greatest time of my life. It was like 800 miles or something, uh, Portland, driving per week, which was nothing, short trips, uh, pretty area, probably too much rain, but I'm sure they didn't notice that. And just, uh, you know, the guys that owned it, you know, were, were great guys to work for. They were fair payoff guys. Um, there's not really one that I would say that I just flat didn't want to go to for whatever reasons. Um, in those days, it was just, uh, you know, some territories would be on fire. I didn't really want to go to the Kansas City territory because the timing was bad and business was not good. Um, you you wanted to go into the territory that you got word from the grapevine, hey, this place is fixing to pop. You might want to get a spot in there if they want you because they're starting to collect talent. And, uh, you know, that would make it through the grapevine. Let's do a question from uh, Brett with one T. He says, what are your thoughts on Finn Balor? I felt like he came in with a strong push to begin with, but then it died off once he got hurt. Yeah, just bad timing for Finn. His first big match, Seth Rollins, right? He got hurt. Yep. Timing was terrible. I mean, they went out and had a very good match and he got hurt. And it, once you get hurt and then you have to start over again and start your build and all those things. And, um, 
it's just hard to start over. And uh, I think he has a lot of talent. He's unique, does a lot of good stuff. Um, but I just think he ran into that that issue of getting hurt right away, and that's kind of stalled his career probably. Here's an interesting question. It's going to get the internet a buzz. Joe wants to know, what's your take on Enzo and Cass? Those dudes might've been the most over talent to come from NXT. And it feels like they were gone within two years. Well, that's fine to be, you know, over at NXT at that time, there was no NXT television show. I don't believe yet. Was there? No, but they they were over on the main roster. They were selling merch and the crowd was responding. And then, I mean, the, the, the narrative online has been, it was sort of their dealing with this fame or celebrity or outside of the ring uh, amongst the locker room or in real life. That was the issue, not necessarily them connecting with the crowd, or at least that's the rap online, but I wasn't there. What the hell do I know? What, what happened? Why don't you think they, uh, are still with WWE and selling a bunch of merch and doing their thing? Well, I mean, that's fine. But when you come up to the main roster, now you're starting to have you know, your own TV now. Now, the ones that are, Conrad, you can take 200 people and a crowd of 10,000, and if they choose to be heard, they sound very loud. I'm talking fans scattered around the arena. If they're chanting the same thing, 200 people can make a lot of noise, and they really can. And uh, the fact is, they did have that following. They came up to the main roster. They had a match or two. Uh, and the people were getting with the promos and getting with all the things. But the second they put Cass in the in the program with Big Show, he quit listening. Oh, and I know because I was the producer of that match. And here's the giant willing to put this guy over and he was fighting us every step of the way. Same thing, I had Enzo, and I had him in some uh, 205 matches on house shows, and he was just doing every stupid thing you could do to make a babyface look foolish. And it was some of the Lucha guys that he was working with, and they didn't know the difference until I started pointing it out to them. Um. And I think the fact that you don't take the guidance from the people, the producers there that are there to help you and know a little bit better than you do what's going to get over and what's not, when you quit listening and you just decide you're a bigger star than they are an assist to your uh, success and you're going to do it your way, that's when you get started heading downhill. And, uh, uh, they made some mistakes and it didn't take very, very long before they had heat in the locker room. And then they started to fall apart, uh, out in the ring as far as production. And then they started to get heat with the office and that's what happened. They self-destructed. Let's, uh, let's do one more. We'll do two more. Then we'll wrap it up. John wants to know, what are your thoughts on Rip Rogers? Do you like him? Dislike him? Any good stories about him? We've always heard as fans, he's one of the best trainers around. Yeah, I like Rip. Rip was a very knowledgeable guy. He was he was in Pensacola for that 
part of that 14 months I was there. He was a very good performer. He was great with working with young guys. Uh, he had uh, his valet was Fleabag, which was his wife, Brenda. And they were a, a great team. Uh, they had a great gimmick. And uh, Rep has always been able to communicate with young talent and teach them. And anybody that's been trained by Rip has nothing but good things to say about him. And that's how I kind of judge Rip Rogers is how do his students feel about him? And a lot of good guys have been trained by him. And uh, they have nothing but positive things to say. So I'm sure they're probably right on. Uh, Chico Maivia wants to know what's the best joke a wrestler ever told you and who's the funniest horseman. I'm sure he means besides yourself. We'll start with that one first. Who's the funniest horseman besides yourself in a dry sense. And you have to realize and be paying attention. He's got the joke. Dean Malenko is hilarious. Yeah, I agree. But dry as dry as you can possibly be. Um, so you have to pay attention to what he's saying to realize he just fired a joke off. Um, what was the other part of the question? What's the best joke a wrestler ever told you? Oh gosh. I don't know. Well, let me go first while you think of one years ago, I heard, uh, this is not an original joke, but to hear Ricky Morton deliver it, it tickled me. Uh, he said that for Valentine's day, he got his, uh, his lady of many, many years flowers. And he brought home flowers after a long day at the school or whatever. And she said, Oh, roses, I guess you want me to spread my legs, huh? And Ricky said, well, honey, I was thinking we'd use a vase. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now your turn. You didn't think I was going to buy it on that. Did you? <laughs> I knew you weren't going to sell it with a laugh, but I'm going to laugh for both of us because that shit tickled me. You got to appreciate Ricky Morton delivering it. It's fucking hysterical. Let me put it this way. I have, I just had the pleasure of being around Ricky and Robert and they are still telling the same jokes. Now this is not, you take it for what it's worth. Okay. And this, that same joke, was played on me if you look at it that way probably the first month that i knew those guys were backstage robert walks up he looks behind me he goes those new new shorts and i got on my uh khaki bermuda shorts i went no he says well tag's still on them well that's just to get you to turn around and to see that your tag's out and it's not it never has been it's his joke he told that same joke 30 years later. And apparently he's going around and Ricky telling the same jokes in the locker room that they were telling 30 years ago. And, and they're still funny, by the way, like uh, a few years ago, they were like working a show not too far. So they decided to stop by and hang out and have a few beers after the show. And um, as soon as Ricky gets downstairs, he says, your neighbor got a dog. And I said, yes, sir. Did he give you any trouble? And he said, no, just, it was, uh, he's laying out there in your front yard, licking himself. <laughs> and I said, man, I wish I could do that. And Robert said, that, <laughs> that dog will bite the shit out of you. 
I don't know why. <laughs> but just now, now that's funny. <laughs> I know they're corny, but man, when the Rock and Roll Express deliver them, it's better than a double drop kick. It's just they're a comedy show and nobody really knows it. Well, I mean you do, but they don't put that out there for everybody. But good lord, they're hilarious. That's now that's funny. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, that's going to bring us to a close today. We're really excited that you guys decided to drop in, see how we're doing. We hope you're doing just as great. Next week, we're going to be back with you talking a little more modern WWE. Uh, this time, it's going to be <gasps> SummerSlam 2015. You want to talk about recent? This is going to be a good show. We've already got our notes. We're prepped. We're ready for you. And by the way, you can get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. But don't you dare miss next week on top. It's Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. We've also got Kevin Owens working with Savaro. Cesaro, easy for me to say. Seth Rollins working with John Cena and so much more. We're talking SummerSlam 2015 next week here on Arn. Please follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. You can ask your questions every other week to Arn. It's at the Arn Show. And don't forget to watch Dynamite this Saturday. I know you're used to watching it on Wednesday, but Arn, you guys are going to be doing your thing on Saturday this week. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show. And as soon as uh, basketball's done, we're going to head right into it, head first. We've got a special little promotion that we're doing as well. It's a question of the week. It's brought to you by AEW Unrivaled. If you haven't already, you need to make your way out to your local Walmart. They've got the new wrestling ring set up. Then they've also got a scale ring, plus a ton of new figures, including Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, of course, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, and even a replica title belt. You don't want to miss this. Walmart's got them. If you check your Walmart and it's sold out, go to ringsidecollectibles.com and you can pick it up there. And we've actually got a little prize pack for you here. And uh, we want you to follow us on Twitter and go ahead and give us your answer. And it's real simple. We want to know who the first AEW champion was. So hopefully you've been watching Arn and you know who the first TNT champion is, but who was the first AEW world champion Go follow us at the Arn Show and stay tuned. We're going to give somebody some cool swag next week. Thanks to our friends over at Jazzwares who have made a tremendous job out of this series one of these unrivaled figures. Everybody who is a figure fan is putting these things over. Check your local Walmart and be sure to pick them up at ringsidecollectibles.com if your Walmart is sold out. And Arn, these are such hot sellers. I've seen fans over the weekend start posting where certain Walmarts are saying you're only allowed to buy two AEW toys because they want to make sure that everybody's got enough to go around. These things are sound like hotcakes, my man. Well, yeah, first round, right? It's the first time they've been available. Yeah. You know, and, and that's cool. You know, we got a lot of fans out there and we're building every week. We're building our fan base, you know, and they want to get those things first. You want to be the first one to get one. So run down to your Walmart, keep checking back every day. And don't forget, you can pick them up at ringsidecollectibles.com, but be sure to take a look at the Arn show on Twitter. We're going to have a question posted there. And we just asked it to you here. Who was the first AEW champion? And uh, we're going to have a prize pack for you here next week. And of course, next week, it's all about SummerSlam 2015. It's happening every Tuesday. And you know what that means? It's Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. 
You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers, that's IHateStevenSinger.com. I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Hello. Good morning, Josh. This is Dave Sobel with Save With Conrad. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. So what made you come to Save With Conrad in the first place? Uh, having listened to the podcast for a while, refinancing our home had been something that you know we had kind of thought about before in the past, but just never kind of pulled the trigger on. And then finally I said, you know what? I, uh, I listened to the man's podcast enough. Uh, what, what hurt could it do to uh, see exactly what Conrad and his team could do for us? And it's one thing I'm glad we did. Oh man, us too. Um, now, I see here that you worked with Derek on your refinance. How was it working with Derek and the team? Uh, Derek and the team were absolutely great. Uh, they answered my questions quickly. You know, we were very forthright with everything, very quick to respond, and uh, just made the entire process painless. Wonderful, wonderful. How much money was Save with Conrad able to save you? We had 22 years left on a 30-year mortgage. Uh, we also had uh, two car loans that we were paying on. So uh, through this process, we knocked uh, we knocked down from the 22 years we had left to a 15-year refi, and uh, we uh, got enough money on top of that to pay off one of the car loans. So not only did we save seven years of paying mortgage payments, but our monthly payments between what we were paying on the mortgage plus the car loan that we paid off, the money stayed the same. So our, our money output at the end of the month stayed the same, but uh, like I said, we saved seven years of mortgage payments. Man, congratulations, dude. That's awesome. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Check it out. Here's a clip from AdFreeShows.com that you can't hear anywhere else. I've always been curious. You just did a, uh, you know, an Irish whip into the, into the corner. And he reversed it. Is there some sort of trick or wrestler speak to when to reverse and when not to like, how does a guy know when to reverse? Is there like a little hand squeeze or some sort of little signal? 
Well, it's a dance. And if I'm going to have you reverse me, when I whip you, I'm going to put on the brakes so that you have to stop. Mm. And when you stop, then you just give me a tug and off I go. It's just like dancing. It, it literally is the part of the one of the parts of the business we talk about sometimes your dance partner. That's a move that for it to be smooth, you got to work together and it's got to be a, a dance. And that's what it is. It's uh, it's got to be a tall order to be out here calling a match on the fly on pay-per-view with a guy who may not be, uh, skilled enough to be in this position and, and you, you're forced. Oh man, there's a spine buster. Look at the crowd react in Ohio. They're ready for it. Let's track it. Crawl back to Hogan and tell him now, Renegade. Two, Renegade's out. Kicked out of the spine buster. Oh, I like the follow-up pin. That's a nice touch. How about three in a row? This is a good sequence here. I like this. It's an athletic competition. The game, the name of the game is you're trying to win and, and you're actually trying to win here. Putting him in the corner here. There's one of those regular ones. So you didn't put the brakes on a little lack of communication. <laughs> well, well, it might've been a lack of communication on his part. Sure. I was very clear on what I was thinking. This blows how long we've been in here and how soon can we get out? So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com right now. It's hard to beat adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.